Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. It's good to be in Center Point, Louisiana tonight. I love, I love being here because you people know how to worship. You guys know how to love on God. I don't like being in a place where they want to, you can hear the, the crickets chirping. I like being somewhere where they like to talk to Jesus like I do. Where they like to worship Jesus like I do. Well, they're not ashamed of God. They're not worried about being dignified. We're worried about touching the throne room. Mm. Hallelujah. I give honor to your pastor and your pastor's wife tonight. They are great people. Y'all are truly blessed with some of the best ministry that we have to offer this day and hour. You're truly blessed. There is never a time that no matter, no matter where I see Brother Beard, that he ain't excited and on fire. And if I'm not excited and on fire when I get to him, I'm excited when I leave him. <laughs> and that's good people. That's people you need in your circle. I don't want to be around the negative Nancys. I want to be around the people that are on fire. Amen. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, Turn over to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verse 23. I feel like the Lord's got something for us in this place tonight. The Lord's already done a lot, but I don't think he's finished yet. Say amen when you got it. And the saying pleased me well, and I took 12 men of you, one of a tribe, and they turned and went up into the mountain and came unto the valley of Ishkol. How do you say that? I can't pronounce it. And searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands. We can never say in their hands. And brought it down unto us. And brought us the word again and said it was good land. We can never say good land which the Lord our God doeth give us. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but ye rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Just for a little while tonight, this title might not be uh, grammarly correct, but God laid something on my heart, and he spoke something to me. He said, don't give me, let me. Let us pray, Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. We know it to be a holy and anointed word, oh God. We ask you, Lord, that you anoint the lips of your servant to live your word in this place tonight, oh God. I ask you, Lord, that you anoint the people, God, to receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise while y'all being seated. Hallelujah. The history of the children of Israel is an amazing, it's amazing to read and to be a part of. 
because of all the miracles and the places that God brings them through. It's just like the church, Brother Beard. Since we've been in church, we have seen God move mighty mountains in our life. We've watched God put broken homes back together. We've watched God open up blinded eyes and unstopped deaf ears. We've watched God raise the dead. We've been a part of every moving of God that he has down on earth. It's amazing to when you get involved into the history of God's people and of all the things that God has done. Therefore, we know what God is able to do and will continue to do. Amen? But you see, the problem when you, when you live in grace for so long, we get lazy in our walk with God. We get lazy in how we expect God to move for us. And, and if you read throughout the history of the, of the Israel church, and you'll find out that most times when they missed their blessing, they missed it because they were waiting on something to happen. They were waiting on a move instead of moving themselves. The children of Israel right here, they were talking with Moses and they were complaining a few chapters before, like, why are we here? Why do we got to do this? Why? All we got is manna to eat. Literally, a miracle was falling from heaven every morning and they were found a, a way to complain about it. They were following a pillar of cloud by day and under a pillar of fire by night. God was feeding them every day. God was letting the quail blow in. God was taking good care of them. He was causing water to come out of flint rock he was causing the clothes on their back to grow with them and never wear out God's hand was with the people of God amen it is evident even in the year 2020 that God's hand is with the church I don't have to look very far brother T to know that God's still God he's still moving he's still saving he's still working like he always has I don't have to dig very far. I don't have to ask many people. There's enough of testimonies in this house right now that we could stand up and testify one after another for hours on end all night long on where God has moved and God is blessed because God is faithful. Amen. God's hand was on the children of Israel and right here they're, they're in the middle of their wilderness experience and they're asking, why are we here? Why do we not have the promised land? Brother Beard, they cried for 400 years to get out of the bondage. They were ready for the land that God had promised Abraham. They were ready to receive their promise. They were ready to receive their inheritance and they cried and God came and God moved and God caused the great Red Sea to open up and they walked across on dry land. Not only did God deliver them from their bondage, but they left Egypt with all the good things of Egypt. They left Egypt with all the gold and silver and all the food that they could pack and all the fine things that they could carry. They left the handed but overloaded with the blessings of God. And if that wasn't enough, on the same sea, on the same ground that they walked across, God buried their enemy. He said, never again will you see Egypt. And he buried them all in the bottom of the sea. The children of God cried for deliverance and God showed up just like he always does. He did the miracles and, and the miraculous and he moved and he brought them to a place and, and we know the history of the church that they got 12 spies together. They're, they're arguing with Moses, why are we here? 
Why are we out in the middle of the wilderness? Why has God forsaken us? You know, sometimes we find ourselves in a sticky situation, not because God has neglected us, but because we failed to move when we should have. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm preaching to us. We failed to move when we should have moved. We failed to step out when we should have stepped out. We stayed in the boat, and we let our brother walk on the water, and we're wondering why, God, why can't I walk on the water? God, why can't I be a part of the church? God, why can't I be used? Hallelujah. They're, they're arguing with Moses and they're complaining and they're mummering. He said, I need you to understand something, church. He said, I sent 12 spies out into the land of promise. The 12 spies put in their hands. So you never say, in their hands. In their hands. It's not something they talked about. They brought it home. It was evidence for all the tribe and all the nation to see. They brought it home in their hands. It wasn't something of fairy tale they heard about for generations and generations anymore. This was something they felt. This was something they carried. This was something they tasted. They saw it. They felt it. They knew it was real. They read the report. They knew the land was good land. They knew it was the promised land. But they couldn't see past. They couldn't see past their obstacles. They couldn't see past everything that could go wrong. Oh, hallelujah. We're living in a day and hour where fear-mongering is among us and they want you to focus on everything that could go wrong. Not that it has went wrong. Not that it is going wrong. Not that the church is going under. Because, honey, can I tell you, this is the only thing that's going to make it to glory. This is the only thing that's going to... I read the back of the book. Guess what? We still win. Here's the thing I've always found out in a part of the church is when Jesus came to earth, he came in such a way that the people had in their mind that he was going to come in a, in a triumphant way and, and kill all their enemies. And Jesus came in a different way and he fulfilled the old law and he made a new law. He tore down their temple and he made us the temple. He came in a way that we didn't see. Therefore, the first church, they lost out because they couldn't get their mind around what God was doing. Amen. They, they, they said, God, I want to be delivered of, of my physical stuff. I don't need the spiritual stuff. And because they couldn't see into the spiritual side of what God was trying to do, many of the Jewish church missed out on what God had done. The children of Israel stood at the banks of the promised land. They stood at the banks of their inheritance, Brother T. They stood at the banks of, of everything they've talked about, of everything they dreamed about, of everything they longed for. They cast their hopes into the promised land. And back in, the, in Egypt when they were in the pits and they were moshing in a pit and they were making bricks and the weight of the taskmaster was on them, it was the vision of the promised land that gave them hope and a reason to keep on living. It was the vision of the promised land that gave them a reason to keep on working. They say one day God's going to come. One day God's going to send a man. One day God's going to bring us out of our trouble. He's going to bring us out of our bondage. One day God's going to deliver us. They had hope. Yeah. 
they built up in their mind that God was going to carry them to this utopia place and, and they would never have to worry about work again and they never have to worry about fighting again and they never have to worry about having to push for their miracle. You know, that's a lot of a lot of our problem is all of a sudden we get to work in, in the kingdom of God and we say, well, God, move me. Bless me, oh, Father, because I'm so special. Come on, somebody. I didn't die on Calvary. You didn't die on Calvary. He did. He did. Oh, hallelujah, but he made a way. He made a way that we could touch Calvary. He made a way that we could reach our promised land. He made a way that we could reach... Moses said we stood on the banks of the promised land with the, with the food in hand, the, the blessings in hand. And he said, you wouldn't go, you wouldn't move. They were broken. They were in bondage. And they were traditional. I don't care who you are. If you've been hurt, you've got bondage. You've got baggage. You've got problems. You've got some things that are attached to your life that are holding you back from what God wants you to do in this life. I, I, don't, I don't care where you come from and what walk of life you come from. If you come with, with burdens and you come and, and you've had to walk through some things and you've got some baggage just attached to itself to your life and it's holding you back from what God is wanting you to do. Sometimes, honey, all you can do is let the past be in the past and you've got to move forward. Well, how is God going to give us the promised land? The same way he brought you out of Egypt. The same way you crossed the Red Sea. It's the same way. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going somewhere tonight. They do, the children of God developed the mentality even in the, in, the, in the wilderness, watching the hand of God, watching the miracles of God, watching the God flow and the fingerprint of God on everywhere they turned. They got to a place where they just wanted it to happen. God, we're your people, please. Will you bless us? We're your people. We expect it. I have two little girls in my house, and, and they are spoiled, and they know they're spoiled. Daddy gives them everything. I give them everything. I really do. They're spoiled. I'm sorry. It happens. It happened that way. But even they know, even being spoiled, that they don't get nothing from me if they're rotten. They spoil. They can get anything they ask for, anything they work for. And I'll give her every opportunity to go out and make, Daddy, I need $10. Good. I need my truck washed. <laughs> Daddy, I want some more chickens. I said, well, them chickens going to have to have a roost. You help me build a hen house? Guess what? We went out there and we built a hen house. You want chickens? Let's build. You want money? Let's, let's work. Come on, somebody. Sometimes the best blessing that we could ever get from God is when he teaches us how to go out there and get it. There are many Christians today that, are, that have never been promoted in their walk with God because they're still waiting to be given this uh, amazing anointing. They were still waiting to be given the, the hear the, the light shine down from heaven and the thunder roll for them to go out and touch their neighbor on the shoulder and go pray for them. I said, well, I'll go pray for my lost loved one whenever God moves it on my heart. Honey, God, but today's the day of salvation. God said, go unto them in true day. Mm. If 
if you waiting, you got, might be waiting too long. There's still many Christians today that are waiting to be promoted in God, waiting on it to come. If you study throughout the history of the church, nothing comes to those that are just waiting it for to be handed to them. It's always to those that are trying to fight their way to the feet of Jesus. There are many miracles that took place at, at Peter's mother-in-law's house or Peter's house. There are many miracles that took place there, but the only one we ever read about are the one where they tore the roof off and they laid their, their, their friend down at the feet of Jesus. Now, I could tell you about that story. Because, oh, come on, somebody. You know they could have turned themselves away. They could have got there to the front of the door looking at the man of promise, looking at their friend's uh, blessing, looking at their friend's miracle. That man couldn't walk. He couldn't help himself. He had people in his life that got him there. You might be doing good, but someone else in your life might not be doing good. It's up to us to make sure they get there. When they got there, they looked at him and said, man, it's a full house. What are we going to do? Do we turn around? Do we go home? They looked at their friend and all of his bondage and all of his brokenness and all of his need. They said, no, we ain't going nowhere until we get to him. And they tore the roof off. Hallelujah. We got people that can't make it to Sunday night church because they went to Sunday morning. We got people that don't want to go to Wednesday night because they got to go to work in the morning. Come on, somebody. 20 years ago, we didn't care about what time it was. 20 years, we still don't. When you fall in love with this, when you're hungry for this, when you want to move a God more than you want to sleep at night, when you want to move a God more than you want food, you don't care what it takes. There are churches today that are still waiting on revival. They're still waiting on a harvest. The, the, we have a promise today that in the last days, God said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. And we got churches all around the world that are waiting for this miraculous thing to happen. And it's going to happen. But it's not going to happen to those that are just saying, let it fall on me, Lord. It's going to happen to those that are praying, to those that are fasting, to those that are working, to those that are going out into the highways and the byways. God can do anything with nothing, but he always asks for something. He fed 5,000 men besides the women and children with just a few fishes and a couple loaves of bread. Ain't a doubt in my mind that he could have made manna fall from heaven, that he could have made the quail come and land. He said, no, I want an offering. No, I want you to do something, and I'm going to take what you got and bless that. Come on, church. God's going to take what you bring to the plate, and he's going to bless that in this last day and hour. You want a miracle? You need a move? Then, my God, move. Do a little bit, and God's going to multiply it. God never promised the victories without our fighting. He never said that we could just sit on the sidelines and sit right there, baby. Let me take care of it for you. I'll tell you what that grows. That grows spoiled brats. That grows a generation of people that don't know how to drive a stick shift. People, a generation of people that don't know how to change a flat tire. 
It, it, it grows a generation of people that don't know how to read a tape measure. It grows a generation of people that without someone there handing them food, they don't know how to feed themselves. Come on, somebody. I thank God that he didn't leave me crazy, but he taught me how to go. You ever heard that excuse that people leave their church and say, well, the fire left me. The fire, I just don't feel like I used to feel. <laughs> My dad made a statement the other day about our first pastor, Brother Hutto, and someone was talking about it. I said, what, Brother Stacy Wiley, he's a, he's a wild man, is he not? He's a little crazy on, on the inch. Yeah, they said, well, Brother Stacy, you've been in church all these years. How in the world are you still on fire? He said, let me tell you something, son. When I got in churches, I was trained by the best. He taught me how to live in the good times. He taught me how to worship him in the bad times. When I feel like I'm getting quiet, when I feel like I'm getting still, I know how to make the fan roll. I know how to make the fire roll. You can die sitting on apostolic pews or you can get up and have revival. Hallelujah. I ain't here tonight to bust nobody's heart. I'm here tonight to give somebody something to look forward to. I'm here to tell you right here, right now, your blessings on your doorstep, what are you going to do about it? You're standing on the banks of Jordan with the fruit in your hand. Are you going to say, I can't take it? This is what I love about the people of God. You see, Brother Beard, they went back into the wilderness. They went back and with their heads tucked and their, and their tails between their legs and they went back into the wilderness not receiving the promise that was promised to them and that the history would say that everybody 18 years and under were the only ones that would make it to the promised land everybody that 18 years and older 19 and older would perish in the wilderness because they couldn't believe God for what God had said was going to happen they couldn't move in that direction Moses said, you rebelled against God. Come on, they said, I, I want the promised land, but I don't know if we can take that. You re they rebelled against God. They said, no, we can't. So they died into the wilderness. The people that went to the wilderness were defeated by their own mind. Ain't that amazing? They weren't defeated by the Amalekites. They weren't defeated by the Canaanites. They weren't defeated by the Philistines. They weren't defeated by Goliath. They weren't defeated by famine. They weren't defeated by the giants. They were defeated by their own mind. How many times have we missed our blessing because we couldn't believe it right here? Apostle Paul said to bring every thought and every imagination under captivity. We got to think ourselves happy. We got to think ourselves, I can do it. I forget who said it, but there was one uh, philosopher that said those that say they can and those that say they can are both right. Come on, somebody. I hate that word, I can't. They try to say that junk around my house. They said, Daddy, I can't. Have you tried? I remember when they were trying to ride the bicycle. They said, Daddy, I can't ride the bicycle. It's, I'm in grass. I, can't ride. I can do it on concrete, but I can't ride it in grass. Thank God they didn't tell me that when I was growing up. That's all we had. We didn't have concrete. I said, Daddy, I can't. I said, have you tried? And I pushed her down the hill. There you go, baby. 
She fell a couple of times, but she learned she can ride her bike in the grass. Bless her heart. We got to win the battle of our mind if we're ever going to move forward in God. We got to get out of that. I can't. I won't. God can use somebody else. God needs somebody else. I'm not big enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not old enough. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. We got to get it out of our mind because it ain't about you, honey. It's about him and what he's already promised. God's word is true today, tomorrow, and forever. They might have went into the wilderness broken and afraid, and they were uh, and they couldn't see their own victory. But the people that came out of the wilderness, Joshua one and verse ten said, "Then Joshua, look, you never say Joshua. Now look, you never say Joshua." We got apostolic. We get loud around here. I grew up in Melissa Wiley's house. We didn't know how to speak unless it was loud. We get loud. I'm sorry, mammy. She's watching. Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you viticles. Within the three days ye shall pass over Jordan to go into possess the land. He said, Go into and possess the land. Look, you never say possess the land. Look, you'll never say possess the land. He didn't say, hey, do you want to give it another go? Hey, you want to send 12 more people over there and see what it, if it's changed any in the last 40 years? He didn't say, uh-uh, Joshua was done with the wilderness. Joshua and them people, they were done out there. These men that stood on the banks of Jordan wasn't the same men that were there 40 years ago. These men are wilderness men. These men were barbarians. These men were hungry. They said, no, we don't need to send the spies. That's my land. I'm going over into my land. I'm taking my grill. This is my inheritance. This is my house. Oh, come on, center point. We need to stand on the banks of the road and we need to let the devil know this is God's house. This ain't the enemy's land. You might have drugs out here and alcohol out here and all kinds of filth out here, but it's time we evict some of that and we let the devil know this is my ground. I love what Joshua had the way he phrased it. He could have phrased it many, many ways, but he said, we're going to go and we're going to possess it. He didn't look at his people and say, we're going to do our best and we're going to try. You hear that in the church a lot. So I try to live for God. I try to be a witness. I try to step out of my comfort zone. You can't try. You can do or you can't do. I feel like I'm Yoda. It's only do or do not. 
Either, either you're getting out of the boat and walking on the water or you're the other guys watching the other people walk on the water. It's either that or, I mean, it's in or out. It's all you can do. Either you're going to try or you ain't going to try. But Joshua didn't say, I'm going to try to take the land. We're going to give it our best shot, guys. They, they went that way. Well, they went looking forward and said, we're going to possess the land. The Bible said that any man that put his hand to the plow and looked back is not fit for the kingdom. There is no plan B option for a Christian. We're going to go and we're going to save our lost loved ones. We're going to go we're going to have revival we're going to go we're going to have a harvest I don't care what devil don't like it I don't care what they tell me to my face I'm hungry for a move I'm hungry I'm sick and tired of showing the church without them I'm ready for the promised land hallelujah Joshua looked over at Caleb and said, they were done waiting for their promises. I'm done waiting. I ain't giving anybody else a chance to speak. So we're going we're gonna to go take it. I'm done waiting for it. Now we have people that are sitting on the banks and they're hungry. They are tired of living on manna. They are tired of living in the wilderness. They are not wilderness people. God did not make you to dwell in dry places. There might be times we walk through dry places. There might be times we go through the valley. But God made us with hinds feet. We were made to walk in high places. He made us above and not beneath to be the head and not the tail. I need you to understand something in this place today that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. All peculiar people, we are made to have things. We got promises in the church. But some of us settle for what we got. I don't know about y'all, but I'm done settling. I'm done being in the wilderness. They, only in the wilderness was never a stage of growth, Brother Beard. It was only a, grow, a stage of make, maintaining what they had. They maintained their clothes. They didn't have new clothes. Girls, y'all be out of luck. There was no new blouses and cute shoes in the wilderness. There was just what you had every day. Guys, there were no big, big eight-point bucks out there. You got to eat manna and quail. That's it. They, they're somewhere down the line. They just got tired of living that way. And they said, you know what? There's promises out there for me. I think I want them. How many do you want? I want them all. I don't think I'm looking at a generation of people in this place that say, saying, God, will you give me something, just anything. I think I'm looking at a people that are hungry. You want to know what the moving's about? You want to know what the Spirit's trying to say? The Spirit is calling out for you. They can hear the hunger. God can feel the hunger. And the Bible said, blessed are those that hunger, for they shall be. Woo, get a Lord a hand clap of praise. You're getting hungry, center point. You're getting hungry, and you're licking your lips, and you're on the banks of Jordan, and you're thinking about the promises that all these preachers have come through and prophesied to you, and there are voices in your mind that say, well, they're fables. They're for the next generation. They're for, for some time down the road. No, honey, they're not for some time down the road. They're for now. Now is the day. Now is the time. They said, bro, that's a bold statement to make. How can I not make that statement when I know how hungry you are? How can you not make that statement when you, uh, when you think failure is not even an option? Well, you ain't looking back anymore. He said, you know what, Brother Beard? I'm hungry. I've been praying for some lost loved ones. They're they said they're going to come, and I know they're going to come. I'm going to make them come. They're going to come here. They're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I ain't going to stop until I see them speaking in tongues. <laughs> 
I love what Brother David did. Probably, uh, Brother David's probably one of my most favorite characters throughout the Bible, and it ain't even the battle of, of him and Goliath. There was a place in the Bible where he was running from King Saul, and he had a band of people, and he made his home in Ziglag. And he was out, him and his guys were out fighting the fight of the Lord and doing what the Lord told them to do. And somewhere around that time they come home to Ziklag and they find that all their wives and their children and all their possessions are taken away, held captive, and they burnt their home to the ground. The Bible said that these men looked at the ashes of what was and they cried and they cried and they cried until they had no more power to weep. And then they thought, they said, well, I'm a kill. we're going to kill David. David done this to us. Ain't it amazing Anytime anything ever happens, the first one you want to kill is ministry? That's not an accident. That's, that's, that is an act of the devil. That's not an accident. Anytime pain hits your life, the enemy says, it's that preacher's fault. If you would have been listening to that preacher, it's that church house's fault. If you would have been at that church, that's a division sent from the enemy. You need to flush that out of your mind if you're ever going to progress in God. David stood there surrounded by murmuring and people that wanted to kill him and stone him. And he said, bring forth the ephod. I got to pray about this. And when he went to pray, he didn't say, God, give it back to me. God, God, can you help me with this? Can you? They want to kill me, God. I'm supposed to be your man, God. He only says one thing in the Bible. He said, can I go? Let me go, God. Let me go. He didn't say, God, can you get me the victory? He didn't say, God, will I be successful? He said, let me go, God. Let me go after my people. Let me go after my possessions. I don't care how big they are. I don't care how ugly they are. I don't care how many men they got. Just let me go, God. Let me go after them. I'll take it all back. I'll get it all back. My God, I think we've been sitting on the sidelines looking our lips long enough. I think we need to get that encouragement in our spirit. Say, God, let me go after them. God, let me speak to them one time. God, let me encourage them one time. God, if you let me go, I'm not coming back empty-handed. God, if you let me go out in the highways and byways, I won't come back till I got some. If you let me go again, I won't, go, I won't come back till I got them all. I got some promises. Oh, hallelujah. The people that went into the wilderness wasn't the people that came out of the wilderness. The people that went in were defeated in their minds, and the people that come out said, I ain't going to stop until I get it. I'm not going to stop until I reach it. Some of you got the Holy Ghost on the first try. Congratulations. I was not one of them. Some of y'all got the whole, like the first night, my dad, he went to church, he got the Holy Ghost, had nothing. I went for three months, Brother Beard. I went for three months, and we had seven-night revival, not every once-a-week revival. Back then, we had seven nights, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for weeks. Imagine that. We went to church every single night. And for three months, we went to school, and we come home from school, and, and Dad and them come home from work, and everybody went to church, and we had church at 12 o'clock at night. And every night, I was in the altars, and I was praying, and I was seeking, and I said, I got to promise, God, I want to know what that Holy Ghost stuff is all about. I done seen everybody else get it, and I done seen what it been doing. I want to experience it, God. And for three months, I was out there, and I was, if you're seeking for the Holy Ghost, just don't give up. Listen. 
listen to this. I kept on, I kept on, I kept on. And I remember the man. There's some people that can tell you the, who was preaching at night. And they can tell you uh, what they were preaching and what moved on their heart. And, and that's great. They can tell you about the song that was sung. I went there, Brother Beard, and I, and I went in that prayer room. I said, God, I'm not leaving today until I get the Holy Ghost. I can't, I could tell you who was there, but I can't tell you what the preacher preached because all I can think in my mind was, God, I'm getting the Holy Ghost tonight. God, I want to be filled tonight. I can't tell you the song. I can't tell you who was sitting by me. I can't tell you what he was preaching because it didn't matter that night. I had my mind made up. I'm going to feel it tonight. I said, well, Brother Wiley, God don't move like that. He did for me, and he can for you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.